Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. He's Ramon. I'm Dan Kovacevic. And, of course, the only subject uh, of the day when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, the extended Steelers nation, is the passing of Hall of Famer Franco Harris. Uh, Moan, I know you knew the man. Yeah. And I, I know you appreciated and, and respected him. And, you know, just, you know, what were your thoughts? Really, I mean, because you're up early. Yeah. To do your your show there in Nashville, and that's when the news broke. It was a little bit before five a.m. It, it was, man. I'm I'm driving into work, and I, I'm like, "What?" I'm listening to Willie Colon's show, right? I'm listening yeah. to him in the morning on the way in. So it's it's crazy. Two still is here at the same time, and both our reactions were exactly the same. I, I was like, "What?" Like Franco and Willie's asking his co-host, "Like, are you sure?" And that's what I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, all right, this is the age of just information getting out real fast. And I was just of the mindset, just like, oh, this is real. And I was just struck by it. And then my producer here in Nashville, he's a big yenzer too. And I told him, and he was just stunned. He was stuck. Like, he helped host the show today because our primary host was out. And it took him about 30 minutes to really gather himself because of this was such a big shocker. I had just recently, the night before, saw Brett Kiesel and his son coming through the airport in front of the statue, and they did hashtag Francoing. And I was just like, all right, okay, everything's normal. Uh, it was it was a shock, and I think it still is. It's, it's, uh, of course, I always say this, and you know I always take a moment or two here and there and say, hey, give people their flowers while they're around. Uh, call people, say what's up to people, tell people you love them or appreciate them, whatever it is. And for a guy like me to have known Franco and been around him, uh, actually have phone texts in my phone from him, texts in my phone from him, uh, to have conversation with him, uh, to be around him at dinner. I put on, on my social media a uh, picture of Marquise, him and me at a dinner we had in Cranberry uh, a few years back, man. And it, it's, it's so interesting on, you know, the perspective of how we're interconnected through a team. And I know the city and people around Pittsburgh and still a nation ar- around the world uh, had the same reaction that I did. Wow. And not necessarily a how, but just a shocker of all weeks this week. And that's one thing I was thinking is, I'm speaking about giving people their flowers, and he's about to get all of his yeah, this weekend in, 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 in Akershore. That's the the part that jumps out. Um, I, I just randomly woke up. I was up pretty late uh, writing a hockey column from last night, mm-hmm. and I randomly just woke up and I, I'm I'm one of those people that just checks my phone obsessively, and I and I I check it and I see. WTAE TV had breaking exclusive news, and I'm yeah. going, wait, what? And I guess part of the reason for that, Moan, is that if you think about it, like what you were saying about when you're getting the flowers, well, around here, everyone had been seeing a lot of and hearing a lot from yeah. Franco and about him already as a buildup to this weekend, to the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, which is you know, <laughs> a couple yeah. of days. And... Uh, it reminded me almost instantly to when we, when we lost Willie Stargell. Wow. Because Willie was supposed to be celebrated on the opening, the opening day of PNC Park. And I'm not talking about opening day of a season. I'm talking yeah. about the opening of the stadium. It was supposed to be built around Willie. It was the unveiling wow. of his statue that's still out there by left field. And Willie died that morning. 
So all of us who came to PNC Park that day expecting, like you said, the the flowers and everything else, but also to celebrate, to enjoy uh, what he brought to the city. That's what this weekend was supposed to be uh, for Steelers fans at Akershire Stadium and with the Raiders in town and the NFL doing the schedule up so that the Raiders would be here and putting it on Christmas Eve and everything else. And that's immediately where I went to was just, there's, there's just the, yeah, the hearts and flowers thing is you put it best. The hearts and flowers thing, this, the, the city did and didn't have a chance to, to express this. The city did do that like all the time, including the past month. And, and they did, too. And, and Pittsburgh, and I think the NFL always has to. He was a part of the 50th anniversary uh, 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 commercial, remember, with the gold ball, and he actually gathered up off the ground and everything when Juju was in that commercial. You remember the Super Bowl commercial? The, the 100th anniversary. The 100th anniversary, yeah. In which, in which is, as he always did, he plays coy about whether or not the ball <laughs> actually touched the ground. Yeah. Um, but what one thing that you see, and this is the part that you can't, you know, uh, react to after the fact, or you can't recreate, I should say. Let me try this again. What you can't do is have him be aware that on a day like this, you would get tweets from two presidents of the United States, uh, that you would get tweets from uh, people worldwide, uh, the National Football League, obviously, everybody associated with the Steelers. Uh, you can think to yourself that you know that you're respected and loved, but a football player passing doesn't get tweets from the president. Or no, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, and, and it, it speaks to him. Like I said, I've always kind of spoke highly of him because I know who he is as the person. Uh, well, I know who he is as the player and what he meant to the city and to this fan base. So for him to affect me in a way that I was just more or less like I'm just a guy that's playing in a, a uniform that you did and not as important or as big as you are because he's got the gold jacket. He's got the four Super Bowl rings. He's Super Bowl MVP. He's rookie of the year. He's all of these things. So you can understand his importance. And when you saw him, it was quiet. It was chill. Yes, sir. This and how you doing, Ramon? That and to be on first name basis with him, man. Uh, I I didn't take for granted. Uh, and to be a part of that still his organization. That's one thing I always kind of say. Like the the brotherhood of it, the family aspect of it, man. It resonates from generation, from decade to decade to guys who are of high importance. As we kind of put people up on that Mount Rushmore, right? To guys that just did a couple years inside of that building. All the way down to the training room and to the security folks, man, it, it really is a, a high honor and praise to play for this organization. To have a guy like him, man, uh, pass away at 72 right before his weekend, DK, is a, a lot. And there's more to, to talk about in this situation, but it's yeah. it's, it's a lot. I, I'm, I'm well, with you on this one. When we come back, let's talk about the Steelers family and how it does stay interconnected between generations. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. As, as promised, looking at the, the passing of Franco Harris and the impact that it's had, a lot of the, the impact that we're going to hear and, 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 and we'll be discussing with each other is going to be on the outside, like I mentioned, the presidents and so forth. Um, 
on the inside, the Steelers are a different breed. And yeah. I don't just mean that within the NFL. I mean it within sports, uh, where they're always welcoming back uh, players from the past. And when I say always, yeah. it's going to sound like there's some occasion where they'll welcome. No, they, they're just there. Yeah. They just show. If Mel Blunt is at a practice on the <laughs> south side, it's no big deal. It might as well just be a day ending and why. Mike Tomlin will treat him as if he's an assistant coach. He'll be walking right out on there. Am I right? Yep. 100%. Walking right out on the field. And 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 you mentioned seeing Mr. Harris not that long ago. Um, tell me about that and how that works. How do, do, Are there modern players who just say, come on, man, what, what's this old guy doing here? You know? Absolutely not. Because the, everything is built on the history and respect of the team and how you go about being a Pittsburgh Steeler, too. And, I, 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 you know, I've always kind of told you this before, and I've mentioned this on here, and I'll say it again. Like, there are certain teams that you get up to play in and you respect when you play them or organizations that you played for. And it was always the Steelers. Like no matter what, there's, there's so many organizations I'm sure that love seeing Pittsburgh being around 500 or not being in the Super Bowl because you have the history of it. And the history goes back to those players that we speak of Franco, Jack Lambert, Troy, Donnie shell, like all of those guys that you see and that come around often too. Like I didn't understand how big of a of, of a personality and stud that Dermani was. But guess what though, DK? He came around so much. I used to ask the question, like, who was that guy? Because I didn't really know Dermani like that. Until you realize and you see his friggin' resume and he was the man. And then you realize, oh, these guys that come back, these are Hall of Fame guys. These are guys that really laid it out and made this a, a historic organization. And just the open-door policy of it all, though, and I think it goes back to just the Rooney family in general, to where everything is based off we have each other. And I think that's the way we've always kind of gone about it, too. That's why I always trust the culture inside the locker room, despite what almost anybody say. I'm sure Franco was reined in at a certain point in his career by older guys and, and, and just had to kind of fall in line a little bit and create a culture himself. But when guys come back to this team, they're not treated no better than anybody, no higher. You're just a stiller. And what's even cooler is those guys. And, you know, I've said this, too, when, when, when Joe Green calls me or I've talked to him. It's no, don't, don't, I'm, I'm just a guy, same as you, that did the same thing that you did. Can you imagine having that conversation? No. no to where Franco, no. to where Franco would talk to you and he's just just speak like this and hey, yes, sir, a whole lot of respect. Or if you meet Mel Blunt, it's the same exact thing. It's a whole lot of respect. It's a whole lot of appreciation of the things that you did that they also did too. And I think that's the coolest aspect of it. And, and it has to be something that's there has to be a steward who moves it from one generation to the next. And you're right. That is incumbent on the Roonies, and the Roonies created the culture. I give them credit for that almost singularly, even above Chuck Knoll, because in fairness here, when Mr. Knoll took over his team, there weren't, there wasn't really that There was a John Henry Johnson and a couple other guys, but the team yeah. in the sixties wasn't very good. Obviously in this case, when you see Mike Tomlin getting visibly emotional as he did in meeting with reporters, yeah. which was unscheduled and everything else following uh, practice. And you have to remember that Mike Tomlin never coached Franco Harris. No, uh, Bill Cower never coached 
Franco Harris. Bill Cower put out an emotional tweet. Why did they feel connected? Because he was there. Mm-hmm. Because it was all part of that. And you know I'm going to throw a name at you here that you never would have imagined in a million years would show up in an episode like this. Cody Wallace. Do you remember when Cody Wallace showed up to meet you guys? Uh, where was that a game in? It was uh, in uh, San Francisco. It was in Santa Clara, California. Yep, Santa Clara. That is correct. Yep. And I remember outside the locker room, I'm going to share this with people because I because I witnessed it. Cody Wallace was there. And I'm talking, okay, 90% of everybody who's watching this right now is going, what's a Cody Wallace? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> With all due respect. But you guys came out of there one at a time, out of that locker room, and embraced yeah. him and is like, yeah, Cody Wallace is here. And imagine how Cody Wallace felt about that. Yeah, 100%, man. Uh, it, it, it made him feel uh, accepted, wanted, it, because that's the thing about the games. That's the one thing I, I, I miss about the sport, and you heard me say this. I don't miss the physicality. To come out of the tunnel again, yeah, that, that would be freaking phenomenal, right? <laughs> All the perks of that, the one thing that gets you is the brotherhood of that locker room, that those meeting rooms, those Thursday nights. I had somebody reach out to me. They're doing an article on the O-line currently on Thursday night meetings that they do, that we did. He asked me, when did it start? I was like, heck, it was started before I even got there, man. And remember, we had those conversations about I knew more about Marvell and, and, and Red and Kendall before I knew much about Willie Colon or Max Starks or Trey Essex. You see what I'm saying? Because guys come around. They stay around, man. Uh, but you're right, though. And, and you say, why? Coach Tomlin gets so emotional. There's an aspect of it, too, where you, those guys or you have conversations or accepting speeches privately. You know, if Coach Tomlin win that championship, Coach T, you one of us. I'm sure that was a conversation he had or, you know, it's just, man, you're really holding up to the way we do things around here. But I say this, too, about Franco. When you say, like, he was around and just a bunch of those other legends, too. And I said this before we came on, like the reason we can have this conversation about Franco, I can, you, you're a historian of it. You know, Pittsburgh through and through. I'm from Tennessee that came there as an undrafted guy. So I had to be engulfed in it. Um, But I saw Franco have conversations with Rashad Mendenhall, Willie Parker, Le'Veon Bell, Isaac Redman, James Conner, you name the list. Najee. And I was going to say that that's the one that jumps out at me because here, look, think about how, how many years apart they are almost 50 years between them. Okay. And when Najee Harris uh, put out his own uh, emotional statement today, he did so with an accompanying photograph Mm -hmm. of him and Mr. Harris together. Uh, Players Mm -hmm. who were drafted where Mr. Harris was on the stage with Roger Goodell, he was the one announcing their names, representing the Steelers. Pat Fryermuth said, uh, thank you for being the one to welcome me. Of course, both of them being Penn State guys as yes. well. Um, you saw that there's – it's a family. It is. It's a family. Uh, you saying Penn State reminds me to reach out to Munch. Uh, both of those are Penn State guys. Uh, the Steelers also been at Munch coached here in, in, in Pittsburgh also. Uh, I, I can't overstate enough – about the fraternity in which Pittsburgh Steelers is. Uh, to hear Willie reaction, me probably because I'm driving in, him on air be the same way as mine. Like I'm hearing Willie Cologne say, you know, his his mom is a, was the only Steeler fan in their family. And whenever he got drafted here to Pittsburgh, 
the joke was in their family, well, now you can go be with your real dad, Franco Harris, because she nice. loved him so much. You know what I'm saying? Very like, nice. and mm-hmm. for Willie to, uh, Willie has his Lupus Foundation, and Franco helped Willie out with his Lupus, found, Lupus Foundation, and Willie and Willie mom and, and, and Franco were, became really good friends. You see what I'm saying? Like, there mm-hmm. is so much of an intertwine of just being involved in that organization. So, where you, you, there is a sense of pride. I do get arrogant about being a Pittsburgh Steeler at times, too. Like, I judge other fan bases off of it. Uh, just simply because I, I know what it means. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a beautiful process. And, yeah, it's got some ugly parts in it, right? Just like any kind of organization does. And it's got its bad apples and seeds and, and moments, uh, just like every other thing in this world. But, boy, it's, it's, it's a whole lot better than a bunch of other franchises when it comes down to American football. When we come back, a, a final segment on the passing of Franco Harris. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Our our friends and partners at the Get-Go Cafe and Market issued their own condolences to the family of Mr. Harris, <clears throat> excuse me, and to the extended Steelers family. And Moan in lieu of a, you know, hey Moan or anything like that is obviously yeah. isn't the day uh, for it. Um, I want to ask you, myself, when you had your, your personal interactions with him, because you're, you're, you're good with people. You're a good judge of people. Okay. And I've said that about you for a long time. Um, what, what were your impressions of him? Because some, some guys can be, you know, super big stars who are just kind of, you know, they might not necessarily appear what they be, but I, I don't hear many people say, you know, anything negative about. It. Yeah. Um, for, for me and, and Franco, it was more or less, um, a hello, you know, a conversation, understanding of who we were. It was me more over the top than him to be shaking the guy, the hand of a, of a legend like that. And it's, it's funny you say that, you know, what is it like in situations like that or how are guys that are that big of an icon, especially in Pittsburgh or in the NFL fraternity, uh, they're usually the more reasonable ones. I don't think there's more nobody more humble than uh, Mel Blunt. Am I wrong? Uh I'm so scared of him. I, 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 don't, I don't have a, I don't have a good assessment. Uh, when, yeah, when I uh, uh, when I'm near him, he's got those that giant ten gallon cowboy hat on, and you know that like he that it's not for show. He actually just got done ranching or something down on his farm, and those you know boots and everything. And it's like plus he just looks like he could just play on he Sunday. Does he still looks good, man? Uh, but it was, it was one of those things where, when, when I met Frank, I was more just listen, just hear him, whatever he needed, whatever we wanted to talk about. If I had questions, we did just that. And I know for a fact, uh, you know, the way we were running the ball in that era in which we were there, I knew they liked seeing that style of ball. Uh, they would say some of you guys are really moving that line of scrimmage and stuff like that. Or uh, just watching, honestly, when you meet him and he's around the locker room or outside the locker room, just that exchange between between two guys, one who had been really good in the Hall of Fame in his career. And I'll just use Le'Veon because at that point in time, he was real good. Mm-hmm. To see them talk, <laughs> you know, it's just like, boy, will you look at that? Yeah, right. You know, like, or, or James Conner, who's a Pitts, Pennsylvania guy, right? From Erie. And, and, mm-hmm. From Erie, and to see him 
have that look that I had when I looked at Franco and just talk to him in that slow, understanding, just toned voice. I think everybody's approach was that way. You're not walking up to Franco and just dapping him up and just hugging him. And no, it's a, a level of just, hey, sir, how you doing? I'm good. And then you continue the conversation for that. It was very open and accept and accepting, DK. And uh, I'm appreciative to have. <laughs> I, I know it's something small, and I know you got a thousand contacts in his phone, but one of those would be Ramon Foster in there, and then to see a text, you know, from him, that, that's super cool. Outstanding. All right, Moan. Well, you know, um, yeah, I'm not even sure what else to say here. Um, there's, uh, it's. It's a day for the Steelers, and, and, and it's, it's a day for the Steelers nation. And to have it, again, to go back to what you were saying at the very beginning, uh, happen in such a dramatic context where everybody was already talking about this. There were appearances being made all over the city, and and here it was just about to be in the national spotlight. It, it now takes a, a different turn, but I guess it's, it still offers everybody a chance to appreciate what happened, not just with that play, but also with that football team. Uh, and in Mr. Harris's case, everything that he contributed to that football team. Yeah, and I, I got a feeling we'll talk a little bit more about this on the Friday episode too, yeah. DK. Or the, uh, simply because, man, I heard some stuff today I got to ask you a question about when it comes down to the play, uh, the Immaculate Reception. Uh, that, that, that statue in the airport, by the way, is going to mm-hmm. be rubbed to a gnaw come this weekend. Well, they, they, the airport officials smartly, uh, after the news had the, had the statue transported up, you know how it's in the middle of those concourses. There's an yeah. escalator in the statue. And that's, they moved it up to the main area in the middle of the airport. Wow. Because it, it, there's a giant Christmas tree there right now. I was just there obviously a couple of days ago. And they moved it up there right after the news because they want to make sure that people have enough mo- enough room to whether it's to lay flowers or whatever else. What's, what's crazy pictures. though, and it's so Pittsburgh to the core, is this though? When you see that statue coming down, the escalators are going up. There's two individuals there: George Washington, yeah, and Franco Harris. If that ain't Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I don't know what is, man. Yeah, well, there's. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. That, that is kind of who we are, isn't it? It is. All right, Moan, let's do another one on Friday. Absolutely, my brother.